Hey everybody, we're going to be talking about the potential housing crash coming up in the next time frame. You're gonna have to wait till the end when I give that time frame. But I think it's going to be happening pretty shortly here in the near future. So housing prices are at record highs, which we all know, price per square foot have never been higher. So the logical question is when will it crash? So the pandemic absolutely destroyed Main Street and my Main Street I mean, your local businesses, your barber shops, your bars, your restaurants, but it hasn't hurt asset prices and it definitely hasn't hurt Wall Street yet. So there's a lot of relief that came from the CARES Act, which we all know in the form of stimulus checks, PPP loans, small business loans, etc., etc. But part of this was actually to deal with private and federal mortgage forbearance. So we're going to talk about three reasons why housing prices are so high we're gonna touch on that very quickly. We're going to talk about the CARES Act, the unemployed statistics and also some overall statistics. And then we're going to talk about how big this potential price correction or price drop could be, and when it's going to happen. Okay, so here's three quick reasons why house prices are so high. So I'm going to fly through this very quickly. So the first reason is low interest rates. So at the time of this recording interest rates are pretty much at their all-time low for both 30 and 15. Year mortgages. Rates that are lower allow people to fit more house into their monthly budget. Because that's typically how American people that's how they think they think in monthly budget, as opposed to just not having debt. So if you can get me a cheaper mortgage, I'm going to buy a more expensive house because I can fit it into my quote-unquote, monthly budget. So take a look at this chart right here. You can see over the past few years and decades that mortgage rates are at their all-time lows right now at the time of this recording. My wife and I are actually pre-approved for a 2.99% fixed interest rate and a 30-year mortgage, which is super cheap. That's almost just above the rate of inflation or the CPI Consumer Price Index. And then also the 15-year at that same bank is 279 and I've actually had people comment that they're finding deals even lower than that at the time of this recording, so money is cheap, low interest rates. Think of it like a lever interest rates dictate everything. That's why it's so important to understand where rates are at not just for mortgages, but just the federal funds rate in general. When rates are high asset prices are high, look at stocks all-time highs, look at real estate all-time highs. That's because people are incentivized to put money into the market as opposed to saving. So when interest rates are high, people are incentivized to save and keep it in their savings account. Okay, so number two is high demand. So I am a millennial. I was born in 1987. I'm actually right in the middle of the millennial generation. I am I can't get more millennial if I try. Okay. So millennials are actually the most populous generation in the United States at the time of this recording. They actually overtook baby boomers earlier this year. Okay. So millennials are getting married, they're having kids, they're trying to move out of cities and get into the suburbs, or they're trying trying to stop paying rent or they're trying to get out of a small house into a bigger house. So if you take a look at this purchase mortgage applications are at an 11 year high. Okay. They haven't been this high in 11 years. So there's a lot of demand going on right now. So this basically boils down to a classic case of supply and demand. Demand causes prices to increase because there's that pressure on inventory. Which brings us to our third point, low inventory. 
So going back to that baby boomer example, all the baby boomers at least right live here in Northeast they're sitting on their houses, they're not putting them up for sale, because they know that if they do, yes, they're gonna get a lot of money for their house, but they're also gonna have to move into somewhere else which is very expensive compared to their house that they're moving out of. So housing inventory is incredibly low. So take a look at this chart. This is actually pulled from the MLS I've access to the MLS that used to be a licensed real estate agent. I'm no longer one but I have access to the MLS. Let's just put it this way. So from 2010 to 2020 you can see how the inventory for the markets that I'm looking at has steadily declined. And this does echo what's happening on a national level. It basically boils down to baby boomers not moving. Okay, so let's take a look at how the CARES Act, the stimulus unemployment, and also some housing statistics are going to affect this market bubble that we have in real estate right now. So there's actually a rule that you can't foreclose on someone 60 days after March 18, 2020. That is a federally mandated rule, okay? So say, for example, you got behind on payments, and you're basically supposed to get foreclosed on the stimulus or the CARES Act, excuse me actually prevented that from happening. So you have two months after that. The other one is called mortgage forbearance. I didn't feel like spelling forbearance. So I just put four and then that's a picture of a bear. It's actually not bad compared to my other drawing. So their mortgage forbearance they do, that's not even a joke. It's just a terrible drawing. So mortgage forbearance is basically where your lender allows you to pause your payments. So you can request forbearance up to 180 days and then extend it for another 180 days if you went through a quote-unquote financial hardship, so that basically tax on 360 days of mortgage pause or mortgage forbearance, which is actually going to the end of my analysis at the end so remember mortgage forbearance in that 360 days. And then finally, a big factor that not a lot of people are talking about when it comes to mortgages, or even rents, if you will is unemployment. So there's 30 million unemployed, that number is probably closer to 15 or 20, depending on people that are kind of like mooching off the system. But basically everyone knows about that $600 a week, in addition to what your state is going to give you for unemployment anyway, that actually ends at the end of July. So remember that date as well. That's at the end of the end of July of this year of 2020. So when that $600 a week goes away people returned have to go back to work, they're going to stay on unemployment, or they're going to have to basically just scrape by with what they have. Okay, if they don't qualify, so 37% of renters and 26% of homeowners are at least somewhat worried that will face that they will face eviction or foreclosure in the next 6 months. So that's about one third and one quarter, you guys. It's not just renters. That's also people that own their homes, which I think will actually play into this whole thesis at the end. And then finally, in June, you can see this headline right here. 30% of Americans missed their housing payment in June. So does this really mean does this sound as bad as it is, I don't know. Because when you say housing payment, that's actually broken up between renters and people that own their home. So it's not like one out of three people are going to get foreclosed on, for example, and that's just for the month of June, who knows if those situations will get better, but they also may get worse as well. So taking all these numbers into account let's go into how big of a price correction I think there will be and when it will happen. Okay, so how big? That's what she said, 
how big will this price correction be? So I think that if you take a look at this chart right here, you can actually see housing prices versus inflation, this chart actually goes back to earlier as in 1980. And it goes all the way to pretty much where we're at in 2020 right now. So you can actually see here, the consumer price index, that's a solid black line on the bottom. That is typically how inflation is measured. Some people argue that because they changed the definition, but just for the sake of this chart, let's just pretend that this is the cost of inflation. So in 1980, you have your benchmark of 100, meaning that let's just say a dozen eggs cost a dollar, and then you have in 2020, it's basically at 300, meaning that it's gone up three times, if you will. So you can see here that housing prices they don't appreciate. Shout out to my friend George Gammon. This housing typically just keeps up with inflation, it's not necessarily a great asset to own, especially if it's your primary residence. You can see here that housing prices don't appreciate they inflate. So you can see in 0506 that was pretty much the housing bubble which crashed in 070, wait, I hit it slow and 2011, 2012. And then it started to appreciate after all the money printing and the low interest rates from 2010, and on. So you can see here that we are basically in 2020, where housing prices are at a ridiculous all-time high. And if they revert back to CPI, we should see a 34% decrease in housing prices. So if we see a 34% decrease in housing prices, that means a house that's 100 grand should realistically cost 64. If you see a house that's 200 grand, and these are Midwest prices, relax everyone in California that can get you a trailer mobile, mobile blow well mover K.8 $200,000 house should be closer to 132 and then a $300,000 house should be closer to 192. Do I think that this is going to happen overnight? Well wait till the next slide to find out. I always give my thoughts at the end based on my research. Again, I don't have a crystal ball, do your own research and critical thinking. So if you take a look at all these factors, you have the CARES Act, which provides 180 plus 180 days of forbearance, aka 360 days, if you use both of them, you have 120 days to actually go through a proper foreclosure process. And then you typically tack on 30 days of admin stuff. So if you go to the auction, title, paperwork, deed, you know, all those things that go into buying a house. Let's just tack on that. So with my personal thoughts, I think that prices will start to correct once we start to see these foreclosures come on the market, taking a little bit of pressure off that demand that we talked about. I think that's going to happen. Within 12 to 24 months, and I know that's a pretty wide time frame, and people wish that it was going to happen in 6 months because they're probably waiting like me to buy a house. However, the truth is, is that this probably won't start happening until a year from now. I'd say 12 to 18 to 24 months. Now the thing is, this is not going to drop 34% as that chart indicated, that would only happen if there's an extreme bubble that popped I think that this is when prices will start to correct, 